0: Observe the world around you. Use your own eyes. Good moment, America. This is the Terry Wilkerson Show. I am Terry, and this is the world the way I see it. Let's get right down to brass tacks. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um... We're doing this particular edition of the podcast live on Podbean. This will, of course, later go up to all of my podcast platforms, including Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. I'm on it. And I think we're at a point right now where more American patriots, true American patriots, need to go out and get a show like this because we, we have lived through... Two years, it is now day 788 of 15 days to flatten the curve. Let that sink in. 788 days ago, we were told by a president that I supported and that a lot of people that I know and most of my alternate social media contacts supported. 788 days since he said, give us two weeks to flatten the curve. And there's been a lot of instances lately where I've, um, on social media especially, I've held this man accountable for his decision. And I'm constantly told he was just following advice. Well, he was following bad advice then, incredibly bad advice. And whether you believe that it was President Trump and his behavioral Issues, I guess one would say, or whether you believe, like I do, that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. And if you haven't yet gone out and seen the new documentary by Dinesh D'Souza, 2000 Mules, I highly recommend you do so immediately. I even mention it on my website, TerryWilkerson.com. There is a quick blurb on the splash page about the movie. I highly recommend You watch it. The truth is coming out. So whether you believe in just a bad human being being president or whether you believe that the election was stolen, either way, the result was that 788 days later, we have had the CDC admit that it's a bunch of liars. We have had the... um, places like Moderna and Pfizer, we've had them admitting that, well, it might not be effective unless you do this. It might not be effective unless you get 17 boosters and a double shot. Speaking of which, I think it's time for a double shot for myself. Always keep a nice little bottle sitting here with me. If you're not familiar with the show, welcome to it. Um, This is my show where I do what the hell I want, when the hell I want. Because I'm funding this damn thing. No corporate sponsors. No, I I don't give a rat's ass. If I get shut down by Google or Amazon Web Services, I will figure out a way to work my own server out. I have people who can help me with that. We're doing this one, of course, live here on Podbean going up again later on the uh, podcast platforms. And I'm actually considering moving to a model, by the way. And I know I'm all over the place because this is how I do things. We're considering a model where we do the show live and then it goes to a podcast. I also have, if you're familiar with a online service called Xeno.fm, it's an online radio service uh, where you could basically buy your own radio station. I own one on that. Just look for TW Radio at Zeno. That's C-E-N-O.fm. All right, enough of the shameless self-promotion. Let me take my shot here. love a good cheap whiskey and get back to what i was talking about so 788 days now to slow the spread and with moderna and pfizer admitting that their vaccines might not have the efficacy they claim they do the cdc admitting that well the numbers might be fudged a little bit and the masks might not actually do anything And the midterms coming up, well, man, Joe Biden has to find a way to distract people's attention somehow. And and what does he do? Well, shipping all this money over to Ukraine, shipping pallets upon pallets of precious needed baby formula to not only Ukraine, but to our southern border and lying about it and, and and utilizing media resources like The Washington Post to perpetuate his lie. You can't tell me that sources saw, sources that none other than, you know, the Washington Post initially saw this baby formula, these pallets being shipped to the border. And now all of a sudden everybody is saying, oh, well, no, it was actually just a a Republican conspiracy theory. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory when it was admitted to it first i mean the there was an article earlier on in the new york post and i'm going to see if i can take a second here to pull it up because i don't i don't uh, prepare very well for uh for these shows especially live you know and there was an article earlier it was in the new york post which if you if you don't trust the new york post well I haven't trusted the New York Post in the past, but it, for some reason, they've made a huge change to being a little bit more credible. Uh, the article in the New York Post cites um, Representative Kat Kamek, and I've never heard her name, honestly, up until I read this article. But she shared pictures of pallets of infinite, infinite infant baby formula at the Ursula Migrant Processing Center in McAllen, Texas. And, uh, again, you can go to the New York Post website, look this up. And she had made the comment, it's not the children's fault at all, but what is infuriating to me is that it is another example of the, quote, America's last, unquote, agenda the Biden administration continues to perpetuate. All these processing facilities are receiving pallets of baby formula, the congresswoman claimed, adding that she was notified earlier in the day that three more par- pallets are on their way to the facility. Now, there was a another article, and I can't seem to find it. It seems to have gotten lost in the great job that Google does of wiping Joe Biden's ass, where an official from the Biden administration made the comment that, well, you know, this is this is basically they're trying to say it's bullshit. They're basically trying to say Republicans are lying. But the president could hardly be faulted for upholding the law and providing infant children of immigrants, illegal immigrants, they even use that term, with baby formula. This is this is where we're at, America. This is where we're at. So we now know that everything we've been told is a lie not that we didn't before and this is where the way i observe the world because i observe the world with a critical eye i look at the world a little bit less rose-colored glassy than most people because i've been through enough that i've seen what people do i've seen what ordinary everyday human citizens do, and I've seen what governments do to people, especially what governments do to people who are already down on their luck. You know, you want to talk about systemic racism, that load of bullshit. Well, that's great. You need to look at it from a different perspective, and I'm not saying you need to, but if you want to expand your view, if you want to expand your horizons, then look a little further. Look a little deeper. Take a different view of our society, of our government. Take a different view of what's become of our country. It hurts me personally on on a deep personal level to see what's happened to this country. And now, especially with Joe Beijing as the resident White House plant, I just don't know that I can look at this country the way I always have. There's a lot of bullshit going on out there. And now that we're we're going to circle back, as Jen Pasaki would say, se, with 788 days to slow the spread down, I found out about something the other day, and I'm almost embarrassed to say it's the first time I had ever really heard about it. I think I had had a discussion with a with a uh, a manager of mine at my last job, my old job, I still work about it, but it was a very brief conversation if it existed at all. If you haven't heard of event two zero one, it's definitely something to look into now, event two zero one was a three and a half hour pandemic tabletop exercise. So basically, you had a bunch of people playing Dungeons and Dragons or Warhammer 40K with our freedoms. This exercise simulated a series of dramatic scenario-based facilitated discussions controlling difficult, true-to-life dilemmas associated with response to a hypothetical but scientifically plausible pandemic. This according to CenterForHealthStudy.org. Would you be surprised to find out? that Bill and Melinda Gates and their foundation was one of the major contributors to Event 201, that Bill Gates was present at this event, Melinda Gates was present at this event, and that these two psychopaths, these two dregs of American society, actually ended up publishing a list of recommendations. It it was a joint effort between the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, the World Economic Forum, is this sounding NWO to you yet, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. These recommendations included, you're going to love this, number one, Governments, international organizations, and businesses should plan now for how essential corporate capabilities will be utilized during a large-scale pandemic. Immediately terrifying because we now know that the government essentially seized production facilities when it came to things like the N95 and KN95 masks. We know that the government seized production capability when it came to the so-called vaccines. We know that the government essentially told Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson, your only priority is these vaccines. And of course, Operation Warp Speed, another thing that came from President Trump, another one of his less than stellar achievements, if you ask me. The government seized not technically by force, but more or less by force, seized these companies to force them into the production of vaccines, as well as personal protective equipment. Same thing. The government essentially seized the means of, con- of uh, of uh, not contribution, but the means of production, I should say. And here we are. We still live in a world where, The government is controlling these corporations and is using the media, another giant corporation, to continue to perpetuate the government's myth of this COVID-19. Now, if you're not familiar, I should start out by saying I do not believe COVID-19 is real. I never have. I've always believed that they simply allowed a strain of the flu to go unchecked, called it COVID-19, and decided, okay, this is how we're going to control the election. Number two, industry, national governments, and international organizations should work together to enhance internationally held stockpiles of medical countermeasures to enable rapid and equitable distribution during a severe pandemic. Now, of course, this applies to the World Health Organization, which, again, according to centerforhealthsecurity.org, Currently has an influenza vaccine virtual stockpile, which contracts in place with pharmaceutical companies that have agreed to supply vaccines should who request them. So this exercise was an exercise in how do we give the WHO, the World Health Organization, complete control of the the public health system? I. I've read this I read this in preparation the little bit of preparation that I did today I read this and now reading it again I'm I'm even more terrified I I, I get chills again just thinking about what I'm reading here During a catastrophic outbreak, countries may be reluctant to part with scarce medical resources. A robust international stockpile could therefore help to ensure that low and middle resource settings receive needed supplies, regardless of whether they produce such supplies domestically. Sound like what's been going on? That we... As a nation, we, the United States, are completely responsible for producing these vaccines and producing this personal protective equipment for the rest of the world. This was in a tabletop game, folks. This was in a tabletop game run by the ultimate nerd, Bill Gates. You get you getting it yet? Number three, countries, international organizations, and global transportation companies should work together to maintain travel and trade during severe pandemics. Travel and trade are essential to the global economy as well as to national and even local economies, and they should be maintained even in the face of a pandemic. Now, this one is where things get a little bit hairy as opposed to what happened in real life. Whereas the recommendation had, Transportation should basically continue as normal. They had to basically deviate from the plan in some way. Otherwise, it would have been way too obvious for anybody who knew anything about Event 201. And again, I didn't until recently. It would be way too obvious for anybody who knew anything about Event 201 to be able to put the pieces together and go, they're following this plan to a T. So this one seems to be the one that they altered just enough to throw the dogs off the scent. Number four, government should provide more resource and support for the development and surge manufacturing of vaccines, therapeutics, and diagnostics that will be needed during a severe pandemic. Do you see the common thread here is that the government should control everything. The government should control the production of PPE, the government should control production of vaccines, and the government should provide, quote, more resources and support for the development and surge manufacturing. In other words, the government should take over everything when it comes to the distribution of these vaccines and the distribution of any health care associated with this COVID nineteen pandemic. Number five, global businesses should recognize the economic burden of pandemics and fight for stronger preparedness. This is where your vaccinate or don't come in comes into play. All of these major companies, these multi-billion dollar companies that made these rules that you have to be vaccinated to work there, that you have to be vaccinated to enter, that you have to be masked to enter. This is where this particular um, th- th- this particular idea intersects with the plan. Global businesses should recognize the economic burden of pandemics and fight for stronger preparedness. I know on the face that sounds like, oh, that means that they should si- that they should stay open. Well, one would think that. But these companies needed to basically protect themselves. And our government and the worldwide government was there to help them protect themselves. The economic burden was recognized. They knew that by controlling the economy, using this fake pandemic, that they would be able to control the people. Control the money, you control the people. Period. It's it's a pretty simple concept to me. Number six, international organizations should prioritize reducing economic impacts of epidemics and pandemics. Hmm. Controlling reducing the impact economically of what? They want to control by prioritizing the reduction of economic impacts of epidemics and pandemics. So what Does that have to do with international organizations? That sounds like a a world order type of situation. Should we be prioritizing the reduction of an economic impact of epidemics and pandemics? Absolutely. The problem is that whatever this particular flu is, is endemic rather than pandemic. But what does the international organization have to do with it? See, folks, this is where everything starts to make sense. They want as many foreign national governments in control of the American populace as is humanly possible. Number seven, governments and the private sector should assign a greater priority to developing methods to combat mis- and disinformation prior to the next pandemic response. You know how we didn't even hear the words disinformation or misinformation until about 2016? It was all in preparation. They put this in this seventh procedure. They put this in as the buffer, as the ministry of truth, as the this is how we control the narrative. Whatever that they can label misinformation, they're going to. Whatever doesn't fit their narrative, they're going to label misinformation. It's all lined out right here in black and white. I don't think I can express enough the level of disgust that I have knowing that Bill Gates was involved in this, that Bill Gates was the, the catalyst in a lot of ways. He was the financing in a lot of ways. I I can't tell you how disgusted I am, especially when you consider that I am actually doing this episode right now from a windows computer. It, It makes me sick knowing that this is going on. Now, what also makes me sick, by the way, is I, I work in, I'm not going to say the name of the city, but I work right down the street from the city hall of the 15th largest city in the United States. And on a daily basis, I see so many people still wearing their masks, still clinging to this bullshit pandemic narrative. I see so many businesses that have these signs up, please mask when entering, knowing full well that there's not a damn thing they can do if I walk in there without a mask. I see this everywhere. And it's not just in the public. That's the frightening part. If it was simply people that I saw every day, then I could probably Just write it off as being okay. These are a bunch of wackadoo nut jobs that I see every day. But when you look on social media, when you look on the cancer on our society that is social media, you see people all the time. Well, I got vaccinated, I never got COVID, I wear my mask every day. I'll continue to wear my mask the rest of my life. Good for you. Good for you. Don't fucking tell me that I'm gonna have to wear my mask the rest of my life because I threw the goddamn thing out. The second I found out, I didn't have to wear one in my office anymore. Are you disgusted yet, America? Are you disgusted with what's happened? Look around you. If you're one of the normals, if you're one of the pure bloods, great meme that I saw on Mewe, the um, the character from uh, Three Hundred Spartans or Three Hundred, I should say, not Three Hundred Spartans. They were Spartans. But Leonidas in the meme said, we will no longer be referred to as the unvaxed. We will be referred to as the purebloods. I love it. Absolutely love it. And that's exactly how I feel. We will now be known as the purebloods. The ones around us who have been vaccinated, the ones around us who continue to get our, their multiple, multiple boosters, what we need to do is we need to find a way to find it in ourselves, to ignore these people. Now, my first instinct whenever I see somebody is is just to rip the mask off their face, set it on fire in front of them, and watch their precious symbol of their pandemic burn in front of them. But we can't do that. As much as I would love to, as much as I would love to treat these people the way that they've treated we the purebloods for the past two years, it's not going to work. It's not the way a society operates. It's not the way a logical intelligent society can continue. We, the unvaxed, we the purebloods, have to ignore them. And what that means ultimately is that we are going to have to create, as has been discussed, the parallel economy. We're going to have to start our own targets, our own Walmart, our own convenience stores. We're going to have to start our own version of Uber and Lyft in public transportation. Now, obviously, since I'm doing my show on a shoestring budget, I don't have the money to do this. I wish I did. Because I would love to create a completely libertarian, ideologically based alternate company. But I can't. We have people who are attempting to do so. There's actually, the Daily Wire is attempting to create an alternate non-woke version of a, a multimedia company. And so far, they're doing a very good job, I think. They've produced some good material. They now have their own kids channel coming out. They've produced a couple of movies. I have seen two out of the three that they've released. I have not yet gotten around to seeing the Hyperians. And it's just basically good filmmaking. No woke bullshit, no messaging on either end of the spectrum. No right-wing messaging, no left-wing messaging, just entertainment. Good movie. Uh, their first film, Run, Hide, Fight, great film. I, I won't say it's you know on the same level as, say, 12 Angry Men or Arsenic and Old Lace or Star Wars. Absolutely not. But I will say it was a great film. For, the, for this time and for what it was, it was a great film. There were a couple of inconsistencies in it that I disagreed with. There are things I think the protagonist should have done in certain situations that ultimately would have shortened the film by about 20 minutes. But that's neither here nor there. They, they, they did what they did. They produced it. They didn't write it. So give them all the credit in the world just for that. So we do need to, if not create... If we can't create an alternate economy on our own, we need to seek out that alternate economy and utilize it. And this is coming from a guy who... I I was a Republican my entire life until about seven years ago. I believe my seven-year anniversary of joining the Libertarian Party was a couple of weeks ago. I was a Republican. I was a lockstep Reagan Republican. I voted for George W. Bush twice, for God's sake. Please... Don't hate me for it. I I hate myself enough. And I have seen a lot of bullshit, especially in the past, say, six years, with the Republican Party turning its back on its own ideals, leaving behind its own beliefs to prove a point. And too often that point is, we can work with the Democrats. We 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 can make things work. We can play nice. And they have failed us. They failed the American people. They have failed the United States. They have failed their jobs. They have failed their history. So if you can't be part of creating a parallel economy, then certainly if you get the opportunity, partake of the parallel economy. It's the only way that we're going to stop these companies. Just putting out a sanction against Disney or taking away its uh, tax credit, isn't going to stop them from completely rewriting every story Disney ever told. Disney is supposed to be about nostalgia. It's supposed to be about remembering how it felt as a little kid when Mickey Mouse or Winnie the Pooh was on. It's not supposed to be about, well, let's... Take, you know, um, let's find some random story that Disney did in the past and we're going to completely rework it so that now out of the seven dwarves, two of them are transgender, one of them's in a wheelchair, and two are non-binary albinos. You laugh, but that's the type of shit that Disney's trying to pull right now. Look, America, we're better than this. We really are. We are a nation that was founded on the concepts of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And one of the more fundamental principles that tends to get lost in all that is because that's what we were founded on, America has the unique distinction of being the only nation in the history of the world that was designed specifically with the ability to change its structure when it realized it was wrong. I was asked by a co-worker about a year ago, uh, a young black man that I was working with in a restaurant, why he should care about America. What did America ever do for him or his people? My response to him was just that. America is the only nation in the history of the world that has ever recognized the evil that it was doing and completely altered its social structure, its government structure, its economic structure to right that wrong. England never did it. Cuba sure as hell never did it, Argentina didn't do it, France didn't do it, Germany didn't do it, Russia didn't do it. The only country that's ever done that has been the United States of America. We the people, we the patriots, are the only ones who can rebuild this country. And we have to do it from the ground up, which makes it probably fortunate that right now where the government thinks we belong is with our heads on the ground underneath their boots. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Terry Wilkerson show. We will see you next time until then you can find the Terry Wilkerson show wherever you download your fine podcast content, including Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, anchor.fm, Stitcher, you name it. We're there. You can go to www.terrywilkerson.com for more information. And until we see you next time, stay calm, have courage, and wait for signs. over there.